Welcome back to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast. I hope that this mini series about struggling learners has been really helpful for you and for your children and that you feel a little more confident and capable to teach your struggling learner at home. If you are just joining us and you missed the first two episodes in this mini-series, I encourage you to go back and check those out. You can check out episode 54 and 55 of the podcast, and those will cover the first two questions that we are asking ourselves when we have issues with our struggling learners and how we can help our children succeed. So we're on to that third question today, and that question is, how can I empower and motivate my struggling learner? Learning new material is hard, and especially when our children struggle to learn and when they have challenges, whether it be a learning disability or they are just uh, not up to speed in some of their skills that are holding them back. It's hard, and I know there are many days that my daughter will just look at me and say, I'm tired of trying. It's hard. And I want to encourage you to take a step back. When your child seems disrespectful, especially in the middle of a lesson or related to some aspect of the lesson, and ask yourself if your child is truly being disrespectful or unteachable. And sometimes that is honestly what is happening. But there are other times that it's really not a character issue. It's more that uh, my daughter is tired. She's tired of trying. It is so hard and she just can't control the frustration. Now, granted, I need to help her learn to con- how to manage those emotions and control those emotions but at the same time, she is a child. So I always try to ask when we're having one of those struggles, if the issue is a character issue or if the issue is because she is trying so hard and she is just so tired and so done and um, it's not disrespect, it's just frustration. So help them learn to identify those feelings and those frustrations by talking about the challenges that they face. Point out how your child really learns best. Uh, Maybe you have a child who struggles in many areas but is very capable at looking at a problem and seeing the solution. Or maybe they're very visual and they're able to look at Um, an arrangement on the wall and immediately tell you what is out of place or what needs to be changed. Their skills and their abilities, their giftings may not line up with what they're studying in their academics. And when that happens, we can take that opportunity to point out how they do learn best. We can Uh, Talk about how people prefer to learn. Every child has a preferred learning modality and we can use that opportunity to help them learn how to provide what they need for themselves. When they're younger, we 
work really hard on making sure that their learning environment is as um, conducive as possible. And as they get older, they can learn to do that for themselves. And as you're talking about these challenges, make sure that you're celebrating the successes. When my daughter was reading fluently, I remember the day that she said, I'm a fast reader just like my sister. We were chuckling about this. I actually had her uh, preview this uh, information before I put it into the post format because I wanted to make sure that I was respecting her challenges and her feelings. And she was laughing through the entire post as she read it. And I thought, well, I guess that's a good sign. And I asked her why she was laughing. And she said, did I really say these things? Yeah, you, you really said those. And she just couldn't believe the progress that she's made. She enjoyed looking back at where she was and how far she's come. Because the truth was, when she made that comment about being a fast reader, she was not nearly as fast as her sister. But what was happening was that she could read a simple book and finish it. And she felt successful. So we did not point out... um, the fact that she was not reading Nina as fast as her sister, but we celebrated that her reading speed had increased. And now she is a very fast reader and um, she can read much harder books and um, work at a much higher level, but it has taken her years and years to get there. So we celebrated every little step of of the way because she was working so hard. You want to celebrate their effort, not focus on the end result. Another way that you can help your child is to not define him by a label. Labels are helpful. They can actually be a blessing and a gift in that when we know what the challenges are, when we know where the struggles are likely to occur, we can provide support. We can remove those obstacles to learning. But we need to be careful not to allow them to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Help your child learn to view his struggles as an obstacle that he can overcome instead of as an excuse for not trying. I've read about a specialist who had students with ADHD and other issues come into her classroom for that special one-on-one time of uh, mentoring and tutoring. And occasionally she'd have a student show up who could not focus and said, I forgot my medicine today. I can't focus. And she politely told him, well, you may have forgotten your medicine today, but you still can work on focusing. You may not focus as well as you did if had you taken your medicine, but you can still try. So I have, I've really remembered that as we go through this um, journey with my daughter, because there are times that she will tell me excuses, which are tr- valid reasons. And I'll say that's an explanation, but not an excuse. It explains what's happening. And it, I completely agree. It's very valid, but you cannot use that as an excuse. We need to find ways to help you work through that or work around that. Find ways to get past it without using that as 
uh, an excuse to not overcome your challenges. I also talk a lot with her about how she's had to work so hard in the past to overcome these obstacles. And I try to point out specific obstacles that she can remember, specific times that she has been challenged so that she can hold on to that and remember that on the difficult days. And I can say, do you remember when you had trouble with this before? You could not even add these together. And look at you, you just did that in your head. We can move on and and do this next lesson. It may be hard. You may have to work really hard, but I know that you can do it. So find those opportunities that you can call upon uh, the successes that your child has had and help motivate him to overcome those obstacles. And then encourage your child to assume responsibility for his education. I'm sure you remember the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Well, the same principle applies to your child's education. You cannot make your child learn. It is not your responsibility to make your child learn. It is your responsibility to provide a a rich learning environment with the proper tools to make sure that you have removed those obstacles and that your child has every opportunity to learn and to progress. But it's his responsibility to put forth the effort to learn. You can't make him do it. What you can do is help him learn how to notice when he is struggling and to make those changes. We've talked about this a little bit in that when your children are younger, you're going to do this all for them. They are not able to keep moving forward and to identify those struggles and to overcome the obstacles. They just don't have the ability to see that. They don't have the ability to make those changes and the willpower and they're just not ready. But as they grow and mature, you can help them to identify that. My daughters actually love reading through some of the content that I produce, whether it be posts or uh, lessons in the homeschool roadmap. They love learning about their education. Specifically, um, I was working on two lessons, one about different types of homeschool philosophies and the other about learning modalities, learning styles. And they really wanted to read through that when I had it finished because they recognize that when they know more about themselves and how they work best, then they can make their learning easier for themselves. They particularly enjoyed the learning styles and learning about ways that they can make it easier and uh, ways that they can change their study habits so that they are maximizing their strengths and minimizing their weaknesses. Some specific things that you can help your child work on noticing are how he likes to learn best. Does he need quiet? Does he need to move? Maybe he needs to take frequent breaks or march in place while he's working on memorization skills. Maybe he needs to process verbally and use a voice memo app so that he can record his narrations to himself just so that he can process that information. 
It's an ongoing conversation as your child learns about his unique needs and about his strengths and his weaknesses. It will be that opportunity for you to move from teacher to facilitator to mentor. I think it's also important as you are encouraging your child to assume responsibility to identify what motivates your child. Take advantage of your child's interests. These are going to be so different from child to child. I have one friend whose son loves working with his hands and loves working on cars. And she was having a real struggle getting him to do narrations, even simple oral narrations. So she allowed him to narrate what he knew about cars. That was a way to help him build that skill and transition from using the skill of narration on something that he's passionate about and he really enjoys to something that's more challenging, like thinking about his history lesson. Also, identify what your children enjoy, what they're interested in, and find ways to work that into their lessons. My daughter particularly enjoys sewing and wants to become a nurse. So we've combined those two interests in that one year she researched nursing uniforms through history. And you can see a picture of the final project that she made on the post for this, the show notes, which are at triumphantlearning.com forward slash struggling learner. Her assignment for that project was to make a visual timeline showing the uniforms throughout history. And she sewed a historical nursing uniform for her American Girl doll. Now, in order to do that, she had to um, learn research skills, how to find the pictures online, what to do to get the pictures uh, printed out and then the right size, the right, uh, so that they would fit onto the Addy Machine tape that she used to make the visual timeline. She had to read the pattern for her uh, sewing skills. She had to incorporate some math skills in the sewing project. She had so much that came into this comprehensive report And it was a way to motivate her to use those skills and to develop those new skills because she was interested and she really wanted to learn about it. I want to share two other ways that I have motivated my struggling learner to help you kind of see some of the possibilities of what you could do. Every child's unique, so you'll have to find uh, what is interesting to your child and what motivates your child, you may need to go back to that skill that we talked about in the last episode of being observant and just watching it for a little while until you can find what that motivation is. But one of those is that my daughter wants to work through the one-year adventure novel program. And during that time, it's a a one-year English credit and they learn about the elements of story and they write a short novel. She really wants to do that and keeps asking me when she gets to work on the Oyan novel. My response to her was that she has to improve her written narration. She has to be able to write before she can write a novel. So her, she has to write all of her written narrations and the length needs to increase a little bit. That, I think, came into play when she was working on her term exams that I mentioned in the last episode where she had decided that it was just easier to, to write it, to do the typing herself than to... Uh, use the voice dictation 
software or to dictate it to me and have me type it, I think she was in the back of her mind thinking, I've got to develop these skills in order to do something that I want to do. So it's okay to find those those projects or um, activities that your children want to engage in and identify the skills that they will need to do that and incorporate that into the motivation for your academic work for your child. Now, another way that I have motivated my daughter Uh, And this one actually ties back into when we were talking about making accommodations for our struggling learners. Here's how you can uh, incorporate both of these aspects. My daughter, like I mentioned, is very interested in becoming a nurse. And we were having a really hard time finding an appropriate science curriculum for her for this year. She's not in high school yet. She is in seventh grade. And we just didn't like... The, the science that we had been finding, the books that we'd been finding to read, what I've done uh, in the past. And so we found this drawing curriculum, How to Draw the Body Through Art by Ellen McHenry. And she was fascinated because she got to, had the opportunity to learn about the human body, to learn about something that a nurse needs to know. And she found it just incredibly fascinating. Everything related to biology to her is fascinating, but obviously she's not ready for a high school biology level course yet. And honestly, I didn't think she started this last year as a sixth grader. I did not think that she was ready for even the middle school general science curriculums. That was going to be too much reading uh, at 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 a depth that I didn't think she was ready to handle on her own. I wanted something that was a little more self-paced and that we could make these accommodations. I wanted her to build the skills of being able to learn on her own. So I was having to balance a lot of different, uh, a lot of competing interests. So I found this curriculum and I showed it to, to her and kind of told her what would be expected of her. And I said, now this is a high school curriculum. You probably are not going to understand everything that you learn. You probably won't remember everything that you learn, but that's really not the goal in having you complete this course. The goals, and I talked with her about these goals. I wanted her to know upfront what my expectations were. The goals were that she would be exposed to science concepts, that she would learn something through the process, and that she would enjoy it. And over the course of time, she would improve her skills to where she was remembering more, where she was doing better in the class. So she got started last year. She enjoyed it. She worked very slowly. So it's a, a program where they they draw the body. And as they're drawing these various elements, they're learning about it. Uh, Mrs. McHenry is describing it and, and doing teaching while she's teaching them how to draw it. So she just worked at her pace and definitely did not complete the lessons at the same pace that a high schooler would work through it but she enjoyed it and she did it on her own. It allowed her to be an independent learner. Now, the 
some of the accommodations that we had to make were one, the pace. Like I mentioned, she worked at her own pace through it. And two, the expectations of what, how, how she would improve on the quizzes at the end of the chapter. I can't remember offhand what the exact percentage was that she had to have to pass uh, the chapter and move on. I'm thinking that it was 70%. Whatever it was, the first few, she was barely passing that. And she actually had to retake a couple of them because she did not meet that minimum requirement. And I could not change that percentage, that it was an online course. And so um, that setting was not available for me to change. But she was making progress. She was she was understanding some, and she was discussing with, with me and narrating to me orally what she had learned. And over the years, she improved, and she was getting up into 75 and 77%. She came to me uh, this year, and she told me that she was getting 80% on the exams, and one of them, she got in the 90%. She is improving her ability at this Um, course designed for high schoolers that she's working through. I do not expect her to uh, end up with 90% on all of the exam, uh, the the quizzes. I think that would be unrealistic for her current ability level. What is realistic is that she's improving. And if she stays consistently in the 80s, even if she's working very slowly, she's learning study skills. She's learning how to work her, do her absolute best and how to make those accommodations for herself. So find what motivates your child. And sometimes you may need to find ways to provide those accommodations for them. And even if you have to modify the curriculum, to meet their needs, that still might be more motivating to them than working at a lower level. So what are your next steps? We've talked over this mini series about three different questions that you can ask yourself. And those questions are, do I have realistic expectations of my struggling learner? What changes could I make to my child's learning plan? And how can I empower and motivate my struggling learner? As you move forward and continually ask yourself these three questions and work on implementing them, I want you to remember three things. First, take a deep breath. Remember that you have been teaching your child since he was born. You can teach him now too. Yes, it's different. Yes, it's harder than teaching your child to tie his shoes, but you have still been teaching him and you can do this. You are uniquely qualified to teach your child. Second, download the questions graphic. I have a graphic that you can download to uh, your phone or your computer on the show notes for this episode triumphantlearning.com forward slash struggling learner. If you're on your desktop, right click on the image and save the image to uh, your desktop. The image is sized to allow you to put that on your phone, whether that be in your photos or um, as your home screen or lock screen, so that when you are having a frustrating day like we will have, you can look at those questions and remind yourself what you need to be asking in order to help your child, to your struggling learner to succeed. 
And finally, know that you are not alone. There are many other parents who are also working with struggling learners and who are trying to figure these things out too. There are a lot of helpful resources that can encourage and equip you in your homeschool and help you uh, with your struggling learner or your child with special needs. I'll have a list of those on the podcast show notes triumphantlearning.com forward slash struggling learner. And um, I will continue to update that. If you have uh, some of your favorite resources, I would love it if you would email me so that I can uh, check those out and, and potentially add those on too. I have had a blast working through these three questions that I ask myself whenever my struggling learner is facing challenges. I hope that these have been helpful for you as well. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day and you feel equipped to homeschool with confidence and joy.